0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 27, called Isaiah's Apocalypse.
1: Father, I just want to pray one more time that as now we focus on the word of God, that your word we know is living and active, and we pray that you would allow it to jump off the page at us and to sink deep into our hearts so that we might respond to it for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. In that day, Isaiah 27, one, remember I told you, I said in the prayer, this has been called Isaiah's Apocalypse, chapters 24 through 27, in that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent with his fierce and great and mighty sword, that's God's sword, even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill or slay the dragon, don't you love this language, who lives in the sea. If you have an NIV, it says, in that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, and his sword is powerful, his fierce, great and powerful sword, a threefold description of his sword. Notice that it's fierce, It's great and powerful. And notice that there's three descriptions of the foe or the enemy, Leviathan. He is a gliding serpent. He is a coiling serpent. And then it says, and he will slay the monster. That's probably the best direct translation of Leviathan or the uh, dragon of the sea. A threefold meaning of the sword to deal with the threefold description of the foe. Some people see in this three different enemies of God and some see three descriptions of the same enemy. When you see language like uh, twisted serpent, Um, He will slay the dragon. You see descriptions like that. You can't help but think of Satan. You can't help but think of the fact that he is described as a great dragon in Revelation chapter 12, and we'll go there in a moment. You can't help but think of his twisted influence upon the world, the twisted morality that has uh, uh, resonated or flowed from him. And how in subtle ways and not so subtle ways, he has really twisted mankind to think that he can live without God. And so in this section, what you're going to see is the climactic word of judgment. Leviathan is a symbol of a gliding or coiling serpent. And he, this symbol is drawn from Canaanite myths. And here it symbolizes both wicked nations and that which is in, which influences wicked nations, which ultimately is Satan. He is the God of this age. He is the God, uh, the prince of the power of the air, and he does manipulate people and powers to do his will. Uh, this is called a Uyghuritic myth, Leviathan was a mythological dragon-like deity, get this, Bible students, who symbolized chaos. And I told you that in Hebrew, the name of God, what the Hebrews call the name, Hashem, means the destroyer of chaos. And so we started to see that, go back to Isaiah 24, that Isaiah is giving you a a dual picture of the city of man and the city of God. And this is one of the key verses we looked at. He called the city of man, this is Isaiah 24, 10, the city of chaos. He said the city of chaos is broken down. Every house is shut up so that no one may enter. The city of chaos represents mankind energized by Satan to try to trust in self or in other gods to achieve salvation, exaltation, whatever you want to say. By the way, the belief that you could be a god is the oldest lie in the book, and it's one of the most popular movements in the world. That you are some sort of deity, and maybe you're a deity in embryo, and you just don't know it. it. Or that you can, through steps, achieve exaltation through either multiple lifetimes or multiple good works or whatever it may be. But that you can somehow evolve, and even humanism has a form of this, where you can evolve to the point at which you are God. And thus you won't need God. And what God does is He shows you what the city of man looks like without Him. If He departs from it, if His glory leaves uh, a, a, um, call it a region, or in, in this case, we could look at the unbelieving world, what will end up happening is chaos. God brings order to our life. He brings shalom. He brings well-being. He brings peace. And without him, there is no peace. You will keep him, we read it last week, in shalom, shalom, in perfect peace, whose mind is... Stayed on you because he trusts in you. The moment that man realizes that he's in a chaotic state, he looks to something higher than himself, does he not? So when everything's going cool, it's probably pretty easy to buy a lie that in some way we are deified or whatever you want to say. But the moment that you feel that you are out of control, then it forces you to ask a question. Is there a being that is higher than I? After all, humanity is at the top of the food chain as far as I know. Amen? I mean, we're not going to look to a shark to answer, you know, we're not going to do therapy with a dolphin or anything like that. Maybe you can get a little dolphin therapy, you know, um, but the point is that man has to look to God. There's nowhere else to look. Otherwise he sees chaos. By the way, this is why a lot of people end up coming to Jesus Christ at chaotic times in their life because they realize that I'm really not in control. And, And that's a key word is control. Can I really control my environment in such a way that I can at least maybe limit the chaos? And of course, the ultimate chaos is death. We can't make sense of it. We try to understand it. We try to even forget it. But ultimately, what God is saying is that you need me. And I'm going to destroy, go to chapter 27, verse 1, Leviathan the the twisted serpent, the dragon, I will slay him, I will kill him. Now, some of you might be asking the question, why would Isaiah use Canaanite mythology to make his point? Well, because those were the beliefs of the day. You have to understand that idolatry was based always in some form of mythology. If you don't have something that's true, it's a myth. Amen? And so a lot of the people trusted in myths. They held to some sort of uh, orchestration in the skies, whether it be multiple gods or whatever, but they believed that there was something maybe that was in control. That's why they tried to appease these gods. That's why they would do something so abominable as sacrifice their children to these gods. They thought in appeasing them, somehow they would achieve blessings. And sometimes it was a matter of life and death, i.e., where your crops grow, you know, if there's no rain. So you try to appease these gods. Remember the uh, prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel? And how they're cutting themselves and ye- yelling up and down, you know, jumping up and down to try to appease Baal. And they thought Baal was the Lord. They thought he was the one. But he couldn't answer because, of course, as the prophet said, maybe your God's on vacation, etc. And so God says, I am going to slay the monster of the sea. I am going to slay the dragon. Verse 1 connects to 26.21. Notice what it says. For behold, the Lord is about to come out from his place. This is his second coming, by the way. To punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will reveal her bloodshed, and no, will no longer cover the slain. Now, there's an interesting order I want to show you. If you look at verse 20, notice what it says. Actually, go back to verse 19. It says, "Your dead will live." This is uh, Isaiah 26:19. "Your dead will live; the corpses will rise." Now, here's resurrection in the Old Testament. You who lie in the dust, awake and shout for joy, for your dew is as the dew of the dawn. So there you have resurrection. Now what happens is resurrection precedes what? In the eschaton, at the, at the rapture, that's correct. In, in the eschatological, big word for last things, um, events, we know that the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain, will be caught up with the Lord, uh, caught up together uh, to meet the Lord in the air. So the resurrection precedes the rapture. Now notice the flow. So you have people rising. Then you're, so you have resurrection and rapture are tied together. The earth will give birth to departed spirits. That's the end of verse 19. Come, my people, look at 20 now. Enter your rooms, close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until what? Ind- indignation runs its course. Now, you could say that's a synonym for wrath. And so, this could be a twofold uh, possibility. One is this is people hiding during the Great Tribulation, which I believe is not just for the world. Tribulation usually always points to the church. So, it means trouble, pressure, and it's even translated persecution. The Greek word is slipsis. We've studied that before. So they're told you have resurrection and I believe rapture here, departed spirits, the earth giving birth to departed spirits. Then you have people going into hiding until indignation runs its course or at least they're behind closed doors. And I suggested to you last uh, Wednesday that you could see this as a second Passover. By the way, that's really what the second coming will be. It will be like a second Passover. What happened in the Passover? The ninth plague in Egypt was what? Do you remember? Darkness, right? The 10th plague was what? The death of the firstborn. You were protected from that uh, death angel if you had what? Blood on your doorpost and lintel. What does that look like to you? Put the blood on your doorpost and lintel. If I see the blood, I will pass over you and death will not enter your dwelling. If I do not see the blood... The firstborn is going to die and there will be such a great cry in Egypt such as has never been or shall be, right? And there wasn't a household in Egypt where somebody wasn't dead. There's going to be a second Passover and the sixth seal is... you're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture.
0: J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction.
1: When I was on the road, to Metaman and he goes, I'm his last friend who didn't bail on him. I thought, man, what does it matter with us? John and Claudia Kalmakoff.
0: If they don't have that foundation and they don't know about God's promises and what we know is true, not by what we're feeling, but by facts,
1: historical, archaeological facts, what we know to be true, then their feelings take over. Lenny Esposito, who will deal with the power of the archaeological record.
0: You know, you're doing a construction project Rome. they were trying to build a subway. And they had to keep stopping because they keep... Finding stuff.
1: Hey, if you're looking to get further equipped, and we all should be, this is the conference to go to. Dare to Defend begins Friday evening on March 25th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us. Learn more about Dare to Defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com or call
0: 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And there wasn't a household in Egypt
1: where somebody wasn't dead. There's going to be a second Passover, and the sixth seal is the sun, moon, and stars no longer give their light. There's going to be a darkened sky, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Imagine, all the natural lights have gone out, and here now comes the Shekinah glory of Almighty God. Jesus said, you won't miss it as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. You're going to have a second Passover, two views, one is that these people and here are probably Jews are protected during the judgment of God Uh, and you could have a rapture of believers and then a protection of the Jews so you could see it in that way but either way notice the flow and then notice what it says for behold 21 the Lord is about to come out of his place to do what? To punish. So notice the flow. You have a resurrection. You have indignation or hiding from indignation. And then you have God judging. And what will happen at the end of verse 21, God will punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. Their iniquity has not been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. It's not been applied to their lives. Second Passover, think that way. And the earth will reveal her bloodshed and will no longer cover her slain. Now think about that in the context. What will be happening in an end time scenario where people refuse to give allegiance to a world leader named the Antichrist? Well, there's going to be death. There's going to be people who die who refuse to take the mark. Go to Revelation 6 for a second. All the way to the end of the New Testament, Revelation 6. I want to show you this for a second, and then we'll skip ahead. Revelation 6, here's what it says. Now, Revelation 6 parallels Matthew 24. If you ever want to do a study, a parallel study, study Revelation 24 and the order of events, and then study it along with the seals. And if you want a little help, just go on our website, and you can listen to the teaching of it. But basically what happens is the seals are opened one by one in Revelation 6. The uh, fifth seal, notice, is found in verse 9. When he broke the fifth seal, Revelation 6, 9, I saw underneath the altar the what? Souls of those who had been slain. Why were they slain? Because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will thou refrain from judging and avenging our what? Our blood on those who dwell on the earth. It makes me think of Cain and Abel when um, the blood of Abel was crying out to the Lord from the ground. Do you remember that imagery? Um, that's, that's what I think of here. Now go Revelation 12. I told you that ultimately if you look at Leviathan, he is a... Uh, symbol that parallels Satan. Here's what it says. This is Revelation 12. Middle of the 70th week of Daniel, here's what happens verse 7. There's a lot I could say, but for the sake of time, here we go. Revelation 12:7. And there was war in heaven, imagine that. Michael and his angels waging war with who? The dragon. And the dragon and his angels, by the way, that's further evidence that he has angels on his side that have fallen and followed him. They were not strong enough, that is those on the side of Satan, and there were no. There was no longer uh, a place found for them in heaven. This is the middle of the 70th week, the last seven years before the millennium, and if that's the case, then what you need to know is that Satan and his angels still have access to heaven. Some people think that he has no access now. That's not true. Some people have even argued that he's chained now. I don't think so. But in Job chapter 1, remember, he comes and presents himself before the Lord. And the Lord asks him, what have you been up to? And he says, I've been going to and fro upon the earth. And then the discussion about Job follows. So Satan still has access and we're going to see what he does with that access in this chapter. Here's what it says. So the great dragon, verse nine, there he's called that again, was thrown down the serpent of old. So this is uh, as, as a consequence of the war, the serpent of old who is called, so he's called the dragon and the serpent, think of Leviathan there, who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now, that's a key word, the realization of salvation or the fullness of salvation, you could say, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them before our God, how often? Day and night. Now thats that was his access And they overcame him, the brethren that is, because of the blood of the lamb. Now remember I mentioned the imagery of the Passover. And because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even to death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, woe to the earth and the sea. And he's pictured as the Leviathan, the dragon of the sea, because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, circle that, the wrath of Satan here, knowing that he has only a short time. At what point are we in the eschaton, the last days? We're at the midpoint of the 70th week of Daniel. What happens at the midpoint of the 70th week of Daniel? Bible students, remember? The abomination that causes desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, where he the Antichrist goes into the holy place and proclaims himself as God. Remember? That's Luke, uh, I think it's chapter 21, and Matthew 24. Now keep reading. So he knows he has only a short time. When the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman, that's Israel, who gave birth to the male child, speaks of the Messiah. And the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman in order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished or taken care of for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. By the way, that's three and a half years of protection. The serpent poured uh, water like a river out of his mouth. This is all symbolic imagery, but you get the point. After the woman, so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood of his wrath there. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, Israel, and went off to make war with the rest of her what? Offspring. Who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Hmm. I'll just let you wrestle with who that is. Okay, go back to Isaiah 27. Do you see the chaos Intensifying. Do you see at the end when Satan knows that his time is short, he is going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the world, but not just at the world. Who is his wrath directed toward? Those who trust in Jesus Christ. This will be the persecution that happens because. Those who fall in line with Antichrist, remember, the whole world will worship him as though he were some Messiah figure. The only people who will be refusing to worship will be Christians who are born again and who understand what's happening. They will refuse. And so this is the radical scenario. But I want you to notice the good news in Isaiah 27, verse 1. What does it say? It says that the Lord will kill the dragon. When will that happen?
0: You've been listening to Isaiah's Apocalypse, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 27. Hey, if you miss any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners, and that means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the team here a letter. We love mail, but our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write to Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, Isaiah 27 depicts the judgment of God against the enemies of God's people. And that's one of the beauties of being a believer is that we know that ultimately God says, I will repay, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And so we can rest in the fact, even in a world of, in turmoil right now, that our God will ultimately judge un, the unrepentant enemy of his people. And we take refuge in this idea of Isaiah's apocalypse, how the Lord will deal with the serpent and he will be our keeper. Beautiful imagery here. I, the Lord, am its keeper. I water it every moment so that no one will damage it. I guard it. That is his vineyard night and day. Uh, So beautiful to know that the Lord waters us. We're like a well-watered garden as the Holy Spirit Uh, pours out the living water into our lives. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. And we are walking through the book of Isaiah together, chapter by chapter. We're in chapter 27, Isaiah's Apocalypse. And I pastor a church called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. In fact, I'm one of several pastors, have the privilege of being senior pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Now, we do a couple of Sunday morning services And we also do a Wednesday evening service. We're teaching through Exodus and Philippians. Sunday is Exodus, Wednesday nights, Philippians. Hey, if you are looking to plug into a local church, you don't have a church home, check out the church. You can go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. That's walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. We would love for you to come and worship with us. And you can always find us on YouTube as well under Living Truth Christian Fellowship. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Have a tremendous weekend. Make sure you get plugged into church. Serve the Lord. Occupy until he comes. And Lord willing, we'll see you either Sunday or right back here on Monday. God bless you.
0: Don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. But our funds are mostly supported by our church in Southern California. Would you please help us pay for the airtime on the radio station you're listening to? A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. Please donate when you visit walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 27 called Isaiah's Apocalypse. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.